Hey everybody, it's great to be with you VCDC family. Um, I have been looking forward to just interacting with you this weekend and so, so thankful to get this opportunity to share with you. I'm going to be finishing up our Mad World series that we've been doing. We've been looking at uh, the letter of 1 Peter. It's found in the New Testament. And we've been talking over the last number of weeks about how the Christians that Peter was writing to were really living in really challenging times, hard times, suffering times. I know times that a lot of us can probably uh, relate to in this season of life of what's going on in our nation, our world. And so we're going to wrap that up today. And just a quick recap, you know, Peter addresses at the beginning of this letter uh, that because of their living in such hard times, they're really the only way to deal with that is to hold on to a living hope, a living active hope that is rooted in the living stone, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. That it's on that foundation that we can experience hope in hard, difficult times. And, and it's from that place that we can also then step into hard spaces of living holy. And what does that look like? What does it look like to love each other and serve each other and show hospitality to each other as we've talked about those kinds of things over the last couple of weeks. And at the end of chapter four, it almost feels like Peter's wrapped this up in, in this nice, neat little bow and he could just kind of be done with the letter, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He goes on in chapter five, a fairly short chapter, to address a couple more things. He basically gives three final charges or challenges to three groups of people. He challenges the, the elders or the leaders, the Christian leaders. He challenges those who are being led. And third, he challenges basically everybody, every Christian who's, who's listening to this letter or reading this letter. And so I wanna step and look into those three things today and step and explore those uh, three different areas. But first, let's talk about the final charge that he gives to these Christian leaders. He starts off in, in, in 1 Peter 5, verse 1 with this. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In this final charge, Peter is talking to the elders or the leaders in the church. And notice what Peter doesn't say here. He doesn't say to these Christian leaders that during these hard, difficult times, that they should grab the reins really tight, that they should put the hammer down, that they should rule with some iron fist. He doesn't talk like that. He doesn't say that they should use the rod to keep control of the sheep at all costs. Uh, he, he doesn't say to use their power to lord it over or abuse uh, the people that they're responsible for, the people that they're supposed to be leading. Instead, he urges them to lead with a caring heart, a willing heart, in a servant heart. And he addresses those things in the next in those couple of verses. It's in verse 2a it says this, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. We see here that Peter invites them and challenges them to have a caring heart. That godly leaders lead with care, they lead with gentleness and kindness 
and compassion. They guide the flock with love, not intimidation. And while caring leaders may not always agree with those they're leading, they listen. They listen. They, they, they James 1.19, they, they're slow uh, to speak, slow to anger, but they're quick to listen. They're quick to listen. They don't mock or speak cruelly, but rather lovingly. And today in this crazy world we're living in, where leaders are getting squeezed and leaders are under pressure, it seems like there's this temptation to forsake gentleness, throw that out with the window, and just get the people where they need to go fast as possible. And sure enough, if you're a, a, a crass shepherd, if you're a cruel shepherd, you can probably get the sheep to where you want them to go quicker. But if you're a caring shepherd, you're going to get there maybe a little slower, but the sheep are going to be a lot healthier and, and, and been cared for a lot better. And that is so much more critical, especially during these times that we're living in. A Christian leader, whether we're talking about a pastor, whether we're talking about a small group leader or a ministry leader, uh, need to have a caring heart. And, in, in, and even if you're not one of those things, maybe you're a Christian leader in a different area in business, you know, in your, your company, or you're, you're a Christian leader uh, when it comes to being the coach of your kid's baseball team. Or you're a parent. If you're a parent, then you're the Christian leader, mom or dad, in your home right now, leading your kids. And, and at the end of the day, the bottom line, the goal is not the product or the dollar signs or anything like that. It's that, it's that you're caring for the people that are under your care well. Uh, and we can only do that with a caring heart. But not only that, Peter addresses, he says, it's important that we have a willing heart. That we have a willing heart. He says this, uh, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Uh, we, you know, shepherds, um, it would be, it'd be easy and fun to be a shepherd on a 72 degree day, sunny, breeze, safe pasture. That would, that would feel great. What about willing to lead your sheep through a storm? What about willing to step into hard, dangerous places with sheep and do it willingly? That's what God is inviting uh, Christian leaders to do and Christian leadership should look like. Positions and titles, they sound really nice uh, when things are going smoothly, when things are going easy. But when life is crumbling, when the world, when our nation is struggling, uh, and people are suffering in the flock that you're leading, the sheep that you're leading are sick, they're afraid of getting sick, when they're, um, they're in pain, when they're, they're, they're hurting, when they've been hurt by other sheep, then that's when it gets tough. And are, you, are Christian leaders willing to step into those spaces uh, and walk through the muddy waters um, during those kinds of places and being obedient to God? And third, godly leaders lead with a servant heart. They lead with a servant heart. It says, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Eager to serve. Peter is a good disciple. He is following well in the footsteps of Jesus, who came not to, not to be served, but to serve. And, and we see this, uh, that servant leadership means humble leadership. It means, you know, taking a lower position, just like Jesus did. And we see Peter does this in the very first verse that he says in verse one, he identifies as a fellow elder, 
not as a chief elder or a you know lead elder. He he calls himself a fellow elder. This would have been shocking to the audience, who would have read this letter because they saw Peter as the top, you know, and he could have he could have identified as the chief shepherd. Instead, he he stays and sees his status as a as a lesser shepherd, and he keeps Jesus at the top as being the chief shepherd. He's pointing the people towards Jesus in this area, you know, and. And in the culture that he was living in, it would have been totally expected and normal for Peter to basically hold his authoritative leadership over all the other leaders. I mean, Jesus, he is the only person that we know of that Jesus told three times to feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. He could have claimed to be the new chief shepherd now that Jesus was gone, but he doesn't do that. He keeps Jesus in that seat and he humbles himself. His, himself so that he can be a servant uh, and serve with a servant's heart to the people that he's leading. So Peter gives this charge. He challenges the leaders uh, that during this hard time to serve with a caring heart, a willing heart, and a servant's heart with the people that they're leading. And, and that's why, I got to be honest, that's why I'm so proud of all of our VCDC leaders the dozens and dozens of you who are small group leaders, those of you who lead key ministries, I, I just want you to know and hear from me on behalf of the staff that well done, well done good and faithful servants during this season of life that none of us have any experience in. None of us have ever been through anything like this before. There are no books by C.S. Lewis called Mere Coronavirus that we can read and get information on how to handle this, how to walk alongside people during all the challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, but you have cared well uh, for the people that you're leading. And so I, I know that it's, it's, it's probably been weary for some of you. I know some of you are tired, but don't stop. Keep going. Keep pursuing. God has, has called you into leadership for pla- places and times just like this. So don't give up. Um, and lean into him, lean into him. And I would encourage, encourage you that if there's been a specific small group leader or you know somebody in your life who's been like a leader or mentor over the last couple days or weeks that's really um, had an impact in you, I would encourage you to reach out to him this week. Send him a text, give him a phone call, send him a card in the mail, um, and just let him know how appreciative you are because um, they need encouragement. We need encouragement right now. So uh, second, Peter not only charges and challenges the elders or the leaders of the church, he also takes a little bit of time to just charge those that are being led and to challenge those. And it says this, and, and that's the second charge, the final charge to those being led. In verse 5, the beginning of verse 5, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And the word younger here is interesting because it could be translated different ways. It doesn't just mean age. It also can mean someone who's maybe um, of a lesser rank or a lesser experience or under um, the authority of somebody else. So in this case, don't just hear age when you hear younger. Um, and, and, and a great example uh, of, of, of this is, is what well, we also see, I guess technically what I should say is that we, we see that the same goes for the word elder here. That an elder doesn't just mean somebody who's older. Uh, it can also be a younger person who's maybe been put into a spiritual leadership role uh, within the church. And a great example of that would be Timothy. We see Timothy as a younger elder 
in the church. And I know, I know for myself, as a younger pastor, I, I know uh, that I um, know that many of you listening and watching today are, would be my elders in age, you know. Some of you would just be a little bit older than me, some maybe a little bit even more older than me. But I just want to personally just say thank you. Thank you for letting me be one of your pastors. Thank you for being willing to let me lead and be a part of the leadership team here. And, and I know that God is with great humility going to call me to continue to, I'll make mistakes sometimes, you know, and, and, and I'll need to ask forgiveness. But I just want to say thank you for, uh, on behalf of younger elders in the church for just um, loving on us, supporting us, encouraging us. Uh, there have been lots of great opportunities for me to speak encouraging words to you and I know sometimes even a few challenging words. And just thank you for living out First Peter 5.5 5 here well. Um, I know over the last number of months, Michael, myself, the rest of the staff, that we have had to make some really difficult decisions about our church gatherings. And I'm so excited. I know we've announced now that we're looking to hopefully start gathering on the weekends again here in mid-July. And I know for some of you that um, that could not come soon enough. And I know for others of you, that seems probably pretty early and maybe too fast. And I know that with everything that's happened in our nation, uh, with coronavirus, with um, the challenges that we're experiencing and, and, and facing uh, in, this, in our systematic uh, problem of racism and, and everything that's going on in the world and the news, that these have been really challenging times. And I know that there have been probably as many opinions and with great reasons for those opinions, uh, as there are a number of people in our church family. But I just want to say, well done, and thank you for being gracious. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for being forgiving to us as a staff as we are trying to navigate challenging waters and, and trying to care for the whole family as well as we can. Um, and, and that's what I think um, really... Peter doesn't use this word, but I think this is what he's getting at. I think he's getting at the idea of family. I think when I read these verses, I, I think of a family. And I know, I've mentioned this before, but I come from a really, really large family. Uh, my dad is one of 14 kids, uh, all from the same mom and dad. That's crazy. Uh, that many children seems insane. My mom is one of eight, and that's you know my aunts and uncles. And then they have kids, and then they have kids. And so we get together for family things, and it's, it's huge. It's, it's, a, it's just a blast. But I also recognize that in that big family, that it is very diverse. That we have m people of different races, through marriage, through adoption, through different things. Like we have people of different ethnicities. We have people in that family who are about as far left on the spectrum as you can get uh, politically to people who are as far right as you can get to everywhere in the middle. We have people who just have so many different life experiences and perspectives. And sometimes when we get together, there are, there's tension, there's disagreements, people's feelings get hurt. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're a family. And we stick together because we are a family. And so that is just one of the things I, I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of weeks is, is our VCDC family here, our greater Christian church family. 
And the word that keeps coming to mind um, over the last few days is the word homesick. Is how homesick I have been. Um, I remember as a kid uh, going to 4-H camp and spending a week at camp and getting a letter in the mail, you know, at camp from my mom and dad on the last full day of camp and opening up and just tearing up. Because even though I was having a great time, by the end, I was so homesick and just wanted to be with my parents, wanted to be with my family and be in my home. And I know um, that that is how so many of you are feeling right now. And, and I have to remind myself, I'm reminding myself right now, and consider this kind of a reminder to you. Uh, you know, this can be, this talk can be like a letter from mom and dad, or, or maybe more your brother, I guess, is who I would be. I'll, I'll let you decide if I'm your older brother or younger brother. But consider this like a letter to say, hey, hold on, we're almost there. Camp's almost over. We're almost going to be a family again, and we'll get there together. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to get there together? Well, Peter gives one final last charge. And here's the final last charge. It's to every Christian. It's to every Christian. He says this in the second part of verse 5. He says, all of you, all of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world, that's what we're talking about here, the family of believers throughout the whole world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. In verse 10, in the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. These are powerful words here. And what Peter is saying, he's saying first, put on humility. Put it on. Put it on like clothing. Choose to get up every morning and get out of your proud pajamas and put on your humble clothes. Choose to do it. Choose to walk in humility. There's no room for hurtful pride and self-arrogance and self-seeking behavior right now. That is not what the church needs. That is not what we need to show each other right now. And second, he says this. He says, cast your cares onto the God who cares for you. Put your cares on God. Put your anxieties and worries on God right now. Don't put them on your spouse. Don't put them on your spouse. Your spouse is not meant to carry your cares and your anxiety. I'm not talking about healthy communication. I'm not talking about healthy sharing of what's going on in your life with your spouse. But I know for me, all too often, I've been catching myself putting my anxieties on Sarah, and that's not fair to her. She is not made to carry that. Only God is made to carry that. Don't put your cares on your kids right now. Your kids are not meant to carry your anxieties. Do not vent on them right now, even though things are hard. If you can't carry them, they sure can't carry them. Don't, don't put your anxiety and your cares on your boss right now, who's no doubt struggling to try to figure out how to reopen their business and run the company and struggling with their own personal challenges. Be patient and gracious and caring for them. The only person who can possibly carry your worries and who wants to carry your worries in his eyes is Jesus Christ. Put them on him. Pray to him daily, hourly, minute by minute if you have to. 
but go to him for he cares for you. And third, Peter challenges us. He says, he warns us. He warns us. He says, be alert and resist the true enemy. The true enemy. Remember who the true enemy is. Michael, this week on our our Monday prayer time, reminded me of this, reminded us of this, that our true enemy is never this person or that person, but rather it's the devil who wants us to think our true enemy is this person or that person. The devil's vision is to cause division. That's always his, his mentality and his goal. Our nation right now, our communities right now, he is wanting to see us divide, get more and more divided. And when, he, when that happens, he wins. He he's wins. But here's the good news. He doesn't win in the end. The good news is Jesus has already won. But we have to step into that. We have to step into that. And when we go out that door and, we, we are, and we're not paying attention and we're seeing our brother or sister in Christ as the enemy, we've missed it. We've missed it. We've, we've missed it. Let us not get devoured by the enemy and let us not devour each other. Let us not fall for that trap. In verse 10, let us trust in God, like it says in verse 10, in the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. This is the truth. This is the good news. The good news is that suffering, even though it might not be over tomorrow, it might not be over the next day, it will not last for eternity. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever battles you're facing, the suffering that you're feeling, it will not last for eternity. In the end, you and I get to be a part of Christ's restorative, eternal glory. That's the good news. That's the great news. That's where we're going, and that's where we have to go together. We have to get there together. So, so don't pull the emergency brake yet. Don't try to get off the family trip minivan, you know. <laughs> it's been a long road trip. We're all tired of being stuck in the minivan with our family, you know, as kids. Uh, it's, you know, we're annoyed with each other. We're frustrated with each other. It's starting to smell in this minivan. And, and God, our Father, is in the driver's seat saying, hold on, I know where I'm leading us. We're almost there. This trip is almost over. And the destination I'm taking you is so, so good. Will you get there with me together? Amen? Well, hey, let's just take a second here. Um, and let's just invite the Holy Spirit because I think the Holy Spirit really wants to do some stuff uh, today in some of our lives. So I'm just going to invite Him and take a minute and let's just listen. Um, so come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We just quiet our minds, quiet our voices in our head, and we just listen for your voice. May it be the loudest voice. I feel like I'm, I'm getting a sense, a picture, uh, a picture of, of, of two kids and a dad walking in the woods. And 
these two, the one kid looks over at the other kid and slaps, slaps him on the shoulder hard. And the kid who was hit turns and just lashes out at the first kid. And before it, they're, they're punching each other and knocking each other down on the ground and fighting. And the father comes along and the father separates the two of them. And he doesn't say a word. He just points. He just points. And he points in the woods at what seems like nothing. Nothing at first. And all of a sudden, there's a little mosquito flying around. And what the boys were unaware of is the, what the first boy was unaware of was that his, his brother who was hitting him was, was actually trying to hit a mosquito. And instead he slapped him. And it turned into a fight. And then the father, the father followed the mosquito and squashed it in both his hands. And what I think that what God is inviting us to see here is that this, the mosquito is the devil. He's, the mosquito is the devil flying around, having just a heyday at watching the rest of us fight right now. And when God is saying, no, stop, let me show you uh, who the true enemy is, what's the cause of all this stuff. Let me take care of the devil, and you guys need to apologize. You need to talk this out. You need to ask forgiveness. You need to repent. You need to hug it out, you know. You know but stay six feet away. Uh, but you need to hug it out. And I just feel like, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a picture for our, us as a, as a community, as a nation. But I think more specifically, I think that, that God is inviting us to reflect and say, is that me personally? Is, there, is my brother or sister, have I hurt them in any way this week that I need to reach out to them and and own it and ask for forgiveness and repent. And I would encourage you to do that. If that's you, it could be your actual brother or sister. It could be just you know, uh, your brother and sister in Christ. But, but where do you need to lovingly go and apologize this week to somebody? And then I also just get a sense uh, that I know there are a lot of you who are homesick. And I know there are a lot of you who are leaders who are weary so I just want to pray a quick blessing over you. So Holy Spirit, I just pray, those of us who are just really homesick, I pray that we would, um, that you would come close right now. That you would be near to us, that you would comfort us, that you would be with us, that you would encourage us, that it's, it's the last day of camp and that we will be together soon. And I pray, Lord, for those who are leading are so many or dozens and dozens of small groups are doing an excellent job but those who are really weary who are really tired would you fill them with strength would you empower them to keep going would you help them to keep pressing into you and, and be just rejuvenate them uh, lord um, with with your presence lord and from that place would they continue to lead the people that you've called them to I just pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Peace be with you. And we'll see you soon.